is so very interesting to be able to kind of like <clears throat> observe people, the things they will say, the things people do uh, in an effort to, you know, I don't know if it's them trying to make themselves feel better or, or what it is that they're doing, but they really are kind of oblivious to what's going on and saying that really don't make a lot of answers looking at situations that they should look at as being temporary, they look at those situations as being permanent, while the situations that they should make permanent, they look at those as being temporary and look to circumvent those at all, at any time they can, can right? Uh, you know, an example of this is yesterday we were out with this 30-something-year-old uh, banker, um, she does investments for uh, some older people. Well, not older people, but she does investments for people who have businesses or, you know, and what I found fascinating right off of the bat is that she was not able to really explain how they acquired that wealth outside of saying it's old money, right? And that's fine if something is old money we still it still got made though right so like how is it that you come into old money because you're not necessarily coming to it but how do you create that sort of like idea around your wealth right because if we're looking at something and we're saying okay this is old money then we're saying it's something that somebody did a long time ago but I think if we're using that phrase right now, we're using that phrase to mean it's something that's not attainable at this point because it happened a long time ago, which really is no different than saying, let's just keep doing it this way because that's always the way it's been being done, right? And so that's interesting to me that people are in the places where you could learn the most about how not to be in the place that you're in, right? how to learn how not to be the worker and to be the boss who has people working for you, especially in the finance industry, is, is very interesting that, you know, individuals who work in these areas aren't coming out of it every day like, oh my God, I learned so much. Let me figure out how to do this on my own and tell all my friends and family how to do that so that they can have old money, right? You know, you would imagine that that's what people would be doing, you know, but would not. You know, we're more surprised about the fact that, you know, a neighborhood has jerk chicken, right? Like, why would that be what's the most surprising to us is that, you know, a, a neighborhood, you know, and then like this country does a very good job of creating this oblivious kind of like naivety, but it's all just ignorance, you know? It really is just ignorance. Like, no one's really taking the time to say, okay, like, what's around me? You know, we're waiting on TikTok and, you know, they didn't even wait on that, honestly. They're not waiting on anything. Like, like people literally are just going. Like, they're not waiting for anything at all. That's why you have to have, like, social media and these different apps on the phone because people are not waiting, right? They're actually moving consistently and they're always, eyes are constantly scanning for what the next piece of information is that's gonna lead them to, you know, the Pagoda Park, you know? But 
if you're 30, right, and I'm 41, that means that was a 10-year difference. So there was nothing that stopped an individual from coming over this way if they wanted to, you know, but we understand what it is that was stopping those individuals from coming over this way, and that's scared, right? They think they're going to come over here and die. Somebody going to rob them. They're going to get carjacked. Like, all these awful, terrible things is what people think is going on in certain neighborhoods. And in reality, the same thing that's going on in their neighborhood is the same thing that's happening here. Like, you have some levels of crime, and those levels of crime are determined by the poverty level, right? The level of opportunity there is for people to be able to make a living for themselves and if you look around the area and all you see is a place to get a pizza puff right a gas station or a liquor store or a church then you understand that this is a deprived area that needs more than just a jerk chicken spot right they need people to come in and say okay what can we do to improve the neighborhood what can we do to bring the same vitality that we see in other neighborhoods that look just like this one? What can we do to bring the vitality to this one without ruining the character, taking the people out of the neighborhood who actually belong there? You know, but we in America, like we're so, and you know, I've heard this, I heard this word used a couple of times yesterday. We're desensitized to the racism, right? Like, we're desensitized to it to the point to where we believe that it's only when you say something racist to a person or you try to exclude somebody from a place. But, like, what is it called when there's an area that basically you're secluding yourself or, you know, segregating yourself from that area because you believe the violence is too high? But the violence is predicated on the resources that are available to the individuals. And we understand that these deprived areas are the way that they are because racism, right? So then, you know, what are we doing at that point, right? Like, what are we doing at that point when we can take this line of secession and we can see, like, okay, this is the path of that. So now what are my actions, right? Like, what am, what am I doing to try to change that, to get around it? And if I'm not trying to change it, then I'm a part of the problem. Like, literally, you're part of the problem. Because anybody can... So, here's an example. Like, we were sitting there on a park bench, and, you know, there were some people who were really interested in this jerk chicken, right? And so, three people... All in this jerk chicken, bro. Trying to get me to eat it. Keep offering it to me. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But the reason why I was good wasn't because I didn't want the chicken. Like, I know the jerk chicken is going to be good. Like, these my people. Like, they know how to cook. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't going to be no dude up in the park cooking food if he can't cook food. Because everybody in the park going to be like, bro, you need to get the fuck out of here with that nasty, weak food, right? So he's certified, the fact that he even pulling up and doing that. So I don't need to eat his food, right? It's not exciting to me, like none of that. It doesn't excite me because that's just a business person doing what he's always done. So when I'm like, nah, I'm really not, I don't need it. I've had it before. I'm pretty sure I had it, right? You know, and, um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, desensitized, you know, that word was put out there, right? And it's interesting because... I mean, what I was really thinking about in that moment why I didn't want to eat the jerk chicken was the dude that was sitting on the park bench across from us that was homeless, right? 
Like, that's what I'm thinking about. So I'm trying to make sure I am not desensitized to that, right? Because, like, is it not desensitization when you can sit on a park bench like a hundred feet away from somebody and you can look over at this dude, I could see the bottom of his feet was dirty as fuck, right? I could see that this dude had three like garbage bags, like what things and items in them. He just sitting there in the park, right? But then we sit there with a big ass like plate of food, you know, and we sit here and we talk at the top of our lungs about how delicious it and how wonderful it tastes. Why there's a dude sitting right across from us with an earshot who probably hasn't eaten anything in three or four days, right? So where's the desensitization, right? Like, where is it? Is it really because I don't want to patronize these food places as if it's something exciting, right? And I'm only eating because I'm, like, excited about it. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm finally able to walk around this neighborhood that everybody was telling me was dangerous. And now I can come there because one of my friends who, you know, I feel is safe is telling me I can come there. But, I mean... The areas where most of these people live at, they talk about those areas wasn't safe. Like, it's crime there. Like, I've been there, right? Like, it's it's the same area, except that people just don't care about it the same way. And it's not the people in it that don't care about it, because the people in neighborhoods don't make the rules about their neighborhoods. It's made locally. It's made at the government level, right? At the federal level. So, you know, it's it's just interesting. It's very interesting. I think it's a, you know, a, it's not a deep conversation at all, you know, because it's not metaphysical. Like we talk, we're not talking about, at this point, atoms and the electrons and the neutrons and like all of these different forces that are on a, you know, a microscopic level. We're not talking about any of those things yet that have something to do with how we respond. All we're talking about now is like, how people can use the word and say desensitized to describe an individual not excited about food choices that are available in a neighborhood that he's always known about, but we're not thinking about, you know, the dude sitting on the park bench across from us with the fucking dirty feet that would probably love to have just one piece of that chicken, right? That might be all he needs. Like, that might be all his body needs to continue to nourish him and give his brain just enough power to be like, okay, don't commit that crime, right? Like, that could literally be the morsel of food that the universe wanted him to have, and it put you right next to it. So it's testing you and them the entire time. We have opportunities like that all day long where we can do something awesome because we live in a world that's deprived. We don't care about people. We don't care about what's happening to them. We only care about what's going on with us and like immediately. And we just care about people who can find a way to make us feel good. Not people that can make us think, right? Because thinking can make you feel good also if you continue to think. But if you stop thinking and just start feeling and you're just feeling, 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 then you start saying what you think based on what you feel, it's not going to come out right. It's not going to come out right because you're supposed to think before you feel. And that's what the body actually does. It thinks before it feels. But what we've done is we've numbed 
our ability to believe that we're thinking before we feel something and we're putting our heart over our heads, which is not possible to do that because your head is over your heart for a reason. Like the body is structured like that for a reason. We're not walking around with hearts in our brain, right? Like in our skull. It's not how it works. And I think if we were to uh, spend some more time understanding and really respecting what it is that nature has created, and use it in that format, that process that nature has created for us. It's a reason why nature sloughs off all of our dead skin cells every seven years and we rejuvenate because that shit don't matter. It's old. So, I mean, by that principle within itself, if people was following the laws of nature, anything that happened to you over the last seven years ago, you should be looking at getting rid of that, just like your body get rid of the dead skin cells. Because guess what? All of that stuff that you experienced over that seven years, if it's not rejuvenating you and pushing you forward to make you better as an individual, what the fuck is you holding on to it for? Like your body is clearly like, you know what? We don't need this. We've used it up. It's been seven years. It's reached its lifespan. It's over. Let's get rid of it. And you get rid of it. Like every day you get rid of dead skin cells. Like you wash them off all the time. But we get up every day and we just keep the same dead emotion cells like roaming around our body as if we should be holding on to those. But you get rid of dead skin cells, right? Like, I mean, at least with the dead skin cells, it's going to be a bacteria and something gets formed that might not smell good, right? But that bacteria is protecting itself, and in some ways it's protecting us. We got tons of bacteria on our bodies all the time. We're never truly clean, right? Never truly clean. But we'll keep on carrying around all these bad, silly emotions, these bad thoughts that are based on nothing but also ignorant people doing whatever, saying whatever, thinking that they're in control of their lives. When in reality, you're being suggested, you're being suggested, people are influencing you and you're being conditioned to do and be in certain places and do certain things. And ultimately, all it does is make money for somebody, right? It makes money for somebody, no matter what anybody does. You cannot create, you can't wake up in the morning, right? And and do anything, if you, unless you're homeless, right? If you're homeless, you're waking up and you're not creating any transactions. But being homeless is a result of not creating any transactions. But if you are creating transactions within the system, that means you probably have a home. Right? You're renting or something. You have a car. You have a job. You have friends. You can buy things. That means you're able to make transactions. And within this society, you have agreed that that's what you're going to do. And so society and the system continues to reward you because you're creating those transactions. But how is that not conditioning? Right? How is that not a form of conditioning where if something happens and it turns a positive result, you reward? If something happens and it turns a negative result, you don't reward. How is that not a form of conditioning? So who's doing anything that they really want to be doing, right? Who's doing anything they want to be doing? Or are we doing things and we think it's, because we want, it's, it's what we want to be doing because it's not something that's causing us irreputable harm? But then also it's because there's a lot of other people who are, again, just as oblivious, just as susceptible, just as ignorant in some ways 
to things that are going on in the world. And then they saying all those, I want to go rock climbing. I want to go canoeing. I want to see this. I want to see that. Like we're all talking about all these things that we want to do. And all the things we want to do are nothing but more things to create transactions. And the more that we're creating those transactions within that same space that we're in, if we're not saying, how do I create these transactions where I'm creating the, like I'm the transactor right well i'm the one that's creating a transaction for someone else to be able to do like all the other people that are conglomerates or corporations or people that just have a boat right like if you got a boat you would imagine that you are pretty much in control of some of the transactions that you make like even if it was inherited or old or whatever like it's clear to say if you got a boat and I don't have a boat, then that means that you have some transactions that you have more control over than me, whether it's more money you make or whatever. It's just that simple. Like, because when people acquire more things, that is a determination in our society of success. That may not necessarily be the true form of what success or uh, acquisition of things or resources means, right? On an inherent humanistic level, right? It might not really mean that, but it does mean that in our society now, right? And that's the way we live it. And even if we're not living it on that macro level where you got a boat, you got this big house, you got all this, you're trying to live it from the micro level, just acting like you're not. And it's, it's not because you don't want it. We all want opulence. We all want success. We all want all those awesome things that other people have that give them the ability to have their time back, right? Like, we all want that, but we act like we don't by trying to say, I just want to be happy. That money don't matter. Like, who says that when everything that you do revolves around you having money, right? Desensitized. I'm a genius, by the way. Just in case anybody does one day hear this and understand, like, you listen to the voice of a genius, right? Just that I was born in a, like, within circumstances that probably wouldn't produce what we would expect a genius to look like at my age, right? We would expect for a genius to pop out of the woodwork somewhere and just, you know, whatever, but it's a lot of us out here as geniuses. And what makes us geniuses uh, is the bravery, the ability to say what needs to be said, right? Do what needs to be done and, and, and not waver from it because someone disagrees, right? Because we already understand that the, the essence of learning, the essence of science, the essence of growing wisdom, all of that, it all just comes from learning, applying these principles that you learn, right? Seeing what it is that you contributed to it, accountability, right? And then you get wiser, you get smarter as time goes on, and you're able to make better decisions. But us as human beings, we don't want to make better decisions. We just want to feel better. That's all we care about. See how you feel in 20, 30 years when you spent your whole life just trying to chase emotion. See how you feel. 